Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clean. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to episode 187 of the NBA Podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and today we're going to talk about some early season surprises, trying to suss out which are for real and which are going to regress to the mean. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. And again, just check your RSS feed and make sure you're still subscribed to us. You should be. Should have been a seamless transition, but double-check just in case. Right, but if you're listening to us right now, then you're probably good. (laughs) Right. Or you found us on Twitter, which we also appreciate. That's true. Uh, With all of that said, joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Well, it's going well because I didn't mess up my shoulder and ask for a trade. <laughs> it was just such a great, great Thanksgiving present to all of Sixers Twitter to have that report drop. The, was it the night before Thanksgiving? Uh, I, I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Yeah. I have no idea. I think it was Wednesday. <laughs> and it, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was, yeah, 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 because it was right before the Pelicans game. Just oh, okay. truly great. We're not even going to address it because nope. I, I don't care whatever right and besides we had a rule yeah trade him to siberia at this point i've turned i've completely turned the heel turn happened that report did it thank you Derek bodner and sam amick for making me and embrace my inner grinch this christmas (laughs) Uh, so today we're gonna kind of shine a spotlight on some teams we haven't talked all that much about so far this year uh and, and we're gonna focus on teams that surprising or disappointing based on kind of preseason expectations both like you know vegas over underlines but also what we thought of those teams coming into the year so i think we're going to start in the east and the the logical one to start with is the boston celtics who are currently Mm -hmm. nine and nine they are tied for seventh in the east with the orlando magic i mean I forget their exact over-under coming into the year. It was something like 57.5 or 58.5. But you know, but both you and I were really high on the Celtics team. We thought they could <laughs> no be a 60-win team. We thought they'd be right in there with Toronto for that number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And, I mean, they have just looked abysmal compared to the expectations. And, I, you know, their, their defense is great, which is no surprise. It was great last year. They're second in the league in defense. But they're 27th in offense. Mm-hmm. With all of that talent, they are 27th. What do you think's going on with the Celtics? I have no idea. I mean, they, they just look out of sync. They yeah. aren't hitting their three ball. 
I mean, they take a lot of threes, fourth in the league, um, but but hitting it at you know at thirty four percent, which is twentieth in the league. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously a not a strong thing, and and they're also twenty seven three throw uh, attempts per game, so they're just not getting to the line a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So just off of those statistics. It's going to be tough to come out and average, you know, 115 or whatever, which is more or less required these days in the NBA if you need to win. Like right. You need to average somewhere between 115 and 120. I mean, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just weird right now. It's they don't really have that clear second guy. I think Tatum is sort of that guy, but he's been not as efficient, and you know, Al Horford hasn't really gotten his turn offensively i still think he's been good overall like the numbers with horford never looks good but he's way more influential than you'd think yeah uh jalen brown has been a disappointment at least early on just hasn't been able to buy a bucket Mm -hmm. gordon hayward has come back but hasn't looked the same you know i mean from a scoring perspective marcus morris is their third best scorer yikes that's what i'm talking about right i mean when that's the thing you, you can't really you don't really have a good baseline. And Terry Rozier off the bench has struggled. Marcus Smart, as we all knew, would struggle and has struggled offensively. Right. Like, it, their effort is there. They're just not hitting shots. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a quote from Brad Stevens the other night, and I don't remember it exactly, so I'm going to butcher it a little bit. But he said something like, you know, we're just not a good team right now. We're not a 48-minute team. I don't even know if we're a 24-minute team. Which is basically him saying, like, yeah, we can string together stretches where we play well, but we just can't put together a full game. You know, they keep falling into these 20-point deficits against bad teams. And then they're coming back and making it close or even winning, but sometimes they don't. And, like, you just can't dig – you can't routinely dig yourself a 20-point hole and expect your talent to win win out, basically. Like, just – you know, we're just going to overwhelm them because we have so many guys who can make their shots on their own or make offense for others. And I, I want to give you credit, actually, because I was re-listening to some old episodes while putting ads in. Um, and, and we were talking, it was heading into the season, about expectations for Gordon Hayward. And you were more concerned about him coming into the season than I was. Like, I thought, I, I said it would take like a month or two for him to get back into form. And you were like, well, maybe it just might not happen this year. And yeah, so far, you're looking much more prescient than I am. Like he, I mean, he's just not the same player that he was prior to the injury. Which is understandable. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's not, <laughs> that's not to say he'll never get back there. Right. But, I mean, it, look, he's shooting 39% overall, 28% from three. He's averaging only 10 points. He just... Moved to the bench for the last couple games. We'll, you know, we'll see if that's a permanent change or if that was just a matchup thing. But that would change a lot about what we thought, you know, about the Celtics team heading into the year. If if he isn't Gordon Hayward of old by April, suddenly the Celtics team seems a lot more vulnerable than we thought coming into the season. Yep, he doesn't have the lift right now. Yeah. And I think that's fair because his ankle was, you know, shredded, <laughs> right. more or less. Right. I mean, I think that's fair that it's going to take some time. I, I mean, I think, who was it that was on Zach Lowe's podcast and they were talking about it? I don't remember. Lowe had someone on. might have been Tom Haberstroh. Um, 
just talking about like he didn't have as many dunks this year as he mm-hmm. had as he did have in this last year in Utah. You know, at the same number of games played. Yeah, I think at at that stage two years ago he had sixteen dunks. This year he had three, and it was oh, just interesting. you know when he got into the paint, like he wouldn't have that you know the typical Gordon Hayward explosive nature in him. Like mm-hmm. he would be more hesitant. And I mean, again, I just I can't fault the guy for being a little bit nervous. Right. I mean, we all saw those images. Yeah. We all saw it. I mean, um, I I I actually felt it was a a little bit too much for him when people around the league and and fans and podcasters and all that was like oh gordon is back he's gonna be 100 percent like chill yeah like chill <laughs> he just went through an absolutely horrific injury like relax right how concerned are you about jalen brown a little um you know i i actually thought he really hit his stride in the playoffs last year mm-hmm. and i thought he would carry that momentum over which hasn't happened, which makes me a little bit, well, I, I think nervous is a big word, but I, I'm, I'm kind of concerned when a young player doesn't really care, carry momentum over mm-hmm. to the same extent, and, and especially for a guy who is now, you know, in his third year. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I had to check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were just, we were both looking up in the, in the sky. Um so it's early. He's played seventeen games. I'm not ready to you know to be all out nervous, but I, I'm a little bit skeptical because a lot of people had him on like the top shooting guards lists coming into the season. Like, oh, Jalen Brown is probably going to be like a top fifteen shooting guard, and you know I couldn't blame him. Right. But at this point, he's not even looking <laughs> to be a part of that list. Yeah. So so it's just a weird situation they're finding themselves in with Tatum. Like that's a different situation in and of itself. Like he's he's taking less threes. He's not really getting to the line. But I have to ask you this: When you look at a guy like Jason Tatum, who has that physical profile that he does, that mm-hmm. he has the athleticism, you know, the long wingspan, the upper body strength, like how can you settle for you know three point eight three throws a game? Like shouldn't he be in like yeah like eight a game? Yeah, I would think so. It it kind of leads me into it, it sounds dumb when you say it. But like right. that might be a thing. Do they have too many mouths to feed? Like were they, you know, not were they better off necessarily when Kyrie and Gordon were out last year? But like, right. it it does feel like these guys are all kind of just unsure of their roles right now, just because mm-hmm. you you re-add Kyrie, you re-add Gordon Hayward, now the young guys, especially Rogier, Brown, Tatum. All have to take a big step back from what they were doing, you know, from a team that was one game away from the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. So, is it possible that like they just have too much talent? Which again sounds really dumb when you say it, but you know, <laughs> at a certain point, like as basketball, there's only one ball. You have to have a clear, defined set of roles for each player, or all of a sudden you get what's happening with the Boston Celtics this year. Right, I I don't know if it's that. Mm-hmm. I I think I think you could make an argument that some of it could be that just the not necessarily too many mouths to feed, but you you actually said it yourself. Roles, yeah, you know, established roles, knowing you know what what do I need to contribute on this team, you know, where do I fit in, mm-hmm. what is my sole responsibility, 
when Kyrie has the ball on top, what is my job? Do I float to the corner? Right. Do I go up and set a screen? You know, s- sometimes they're just, you know, kind of watching Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And just kind of looking at each other as well. Like, what should we do right now? Yeah. I mean, if I'm Jason Tatum, I'm looking at that as an opportunity. And I'm becoming the guy who goes up and set a high, sets a high screen and roll for him. And then I just either pop or I just dive toward the basket because I'm Jason Tatum. Right. I'm a very well-respected player, and I will get whistles. Yeah. So how concerned are you about this team moving forward? Do you think they figure things out and they're back into that top four, top five mix come mid-April? Or do you think this is going to be a season-long struggle and we all wildly overrated those Celtics this year? Well, Brad Steven is is still their coach, mm-hmm. so you have my answer right there. <laughs> I think they'll figure things out. Um, you haven't seen the <laughs> offensive coach ratings? Oh, I have. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I have. Okay. Yes, I have. Yeah. I, I have seen NBA Twitter, you know, <laughs> go on the whole, Brad Steven is not a good offensive coach. Yep. Yep. The, um, the heel turn on Brad Stevens happened even more quickly than my heel turn on Mark Fultz. It did. And that is very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I, I don't agree with Celtics Twitter in that regard. Yeah. You know, on the heel turn, he is an absolute fanta- absolutely fantastic coach. So I, I think he'll get it together. I will say this, and, and this is something we don't really talk about when we cover basketball. Mm-hmm. There's that thing where you can run an offense perfectly, but the ball just doesn't go in, Brian. Right. Like, you do have games that could be strung together where you actually make, you know, the correct decisions... And you have wide-open jump shots that just don't fall. Yeah. That is a thing in basketball. That's something we forget once in a while. Like, sometimes the jumper just isn't with you. And I think a part of that is is with Boston this year right now. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that can change tonight. Yeah. And then they they can go on a 14-game hot streak. Like, we don't know. But it's it's certainly the offense right now, and I think you know with the roles and and when they start hit start when they begin to hit more shots, I don't think Jalen Brown is going to continue shooting twenty six percent from three. <laughs> right, he's just too good for that. Yeah, and and Terry O'Shea is not going to keep shooting thirty six percent overall. Mm-hmm. You know, and Aaron Baines is going to continue hitting threes in Philly's face. Yep, always. Yep, always. And always. Forever. So. You know, it's. I think they'll bounce back. I, but I do think it's going to be a question going into the playoffs. Like, how good is this team offensively? Like, mm-hmm. have they found their role? What, who can they beat in in the playoffs with an offense that might not be running on all cylinders? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I would encourage Boston fans to chill out overall. Like, Brad Stevens is a good coach, as you said. You guys still have perhaps the most talent in the league outside of Golden State. You will be fine. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take time. You're reintegrating two major rotation pieces. It was never going to be a seamless transition. So just chill out. It's, I, I feel like I've been saying that for a month for most fan bases. But mm. that's like, this is basketball. We're not even a quarter of the way through the season yet. Like, who panics in the NFL if you're like one and three or two and two? You just don't do it. It's too damn early. Same thing applies well, here. Yeah, and, and one more thing, actually. Okay, look, so most NBA players, they don't care about the rumor mill. Right. But let's acknowledge something. They do read it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of Celtics fans on Twitter, like, actually, at, you know, at player screen names mm-hmm. or, or handles. 
and talk about how they were going to get moved eventually for Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah. And with so many media uh, members, you know, picking up on that storyline, you know, with AD and the whole Pelican subplot, you know, if he's going to turn down the Supermax, then he might be out of there. He, he Then Pelicans are going to trade him. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing, those players are looking at that. So they might be looking at themselves as well, like, am I going to be here? Yo, yo, my buddy over there, is he going to be there? Yeah. Like, w- what's going on? So it might actually be a good idea for for Danny Ainge and Mike Saran to just like visit the locker room and just say, you know what, guys? Just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it one bit. You were like one game from the finals. Wasn't it one game? Yeah. It was game seven, right? Yeah. yeah. Like without Kyrie Irving and, and Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. We've got you. Yeah. That's totally fair. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that's going to be an open question heading into the trade deadline, especially with Terry Rogier, who has <laughs> he's been like accidentally, quote unquote, liking some stories about where he would like to get traded to. It's yeah. gonna be that's not great. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with this team. Let, let's go to a team. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 8 in select styles excludes in-store clearance that we have been dumping on since the beginning of this podcast the orlando magic who well 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 you've been dumping on them far more than i have oh please i mean that's true but you have don't <laughs> don't act like you don't have any blame here you, you that's true equally at least made fun of them somewhat but yeah not equally yeah but no. <laughs> That said, I mean, we were both super low on this team coming into the year. Yes. We said, what the hell are you doing? DJ Augustine and Jerry and Grant is not an answer at the point guard. You're going to get mm-hmm. slammed. They're 9-9. Nine and nine. They're currently tied with the Boston Celtics, who we thought were a finals contender. So this, once again, shows preseason predictions. Who We're all just guessing at this point. But then again... Oh, yeah. Look at this podcast three months from now, and I bet you Boston's going to be way above Orlando. So, what do you like? What's how are they remotely competitive with despite their glaring hole at point guard? Well, Nikola, Nikola Vucevic is basically devouring worlds right now. Yeah, he's been a monster. I mean, look 20 points a game, 11 rebounds, three and a half assists over a steal over a block, and he does it in less than 31 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. He's shooting 55% from the field, 42 from downtown, 82 from the line, albeit on low volume, both on outside and the free throw line. But he's efficient. And and here's the thing. We've talked about this before, you know, that Vooch, oh, he should be traded because, you know, Mo Bamba is coming in. And before that, it was like, oh, you have Aaron Gordon who's, who needs to get more minutes. Like, he's been on... In the in the trade rumor mill for a couple of years now, yeah, and 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 the reason he has been was because he didn't really fill out holes in his game. Like, oh, he wasn't a three point shooter. Oh, he wasn't a playmaker. Oh, he isn't a defender. Well, you know what? He might not still be a defender. He, yeah, he's still not a defender, mm-hmm. but he kind of closed the holes on the on the other two. Yeah. Now he's actually a unicorn. Nobody really looks at him as a unicorn because he's twenty eight. He's what not like Nikola Jokic. 
but this dude can do basically everything outside of defending the paint and, and be a positive defensive player. Like, mm-hmm. everything. His passing system is just wonderful. Like, he he finds cutters efficiently. He doesn't really turn the ball over, 2.2 a game. Like, he, he can pass from when he's outside the three-point line. He's just he's a good facilitator. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in the 11 boards. You throw in the consistent scoring presence. Like, this dude, I think I, I think I said this a couple of months back. This dude is going to get paid. Yeah. Next summer. Yeah. And even more so now. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna be. He's gonna get. I like as good as he is. I think he's still gonna get overpaid, for all the factors yes. we've repeatedly discussed. Just with. Yeah. Demand for top tier guys far outweighing the supply. So, someone's gonna be left holding the bag. And Nikola Vucevic is going to be there like, all right, I'll take your $30 million. Yeah, and, and the reason that's a concern is because of his age. Yeah. He's 28. Right. So it, it's going to be in the back end of that deal. It's probably not going to be looking good. Yeah. But what I find funny is when you look at the numbers and you look at the impact, like right now, he, he's actually, and again, this is very small sample size, 18 games. Mm-hmm. He's been better than Carl Anthony Towns. Like <laughs> we're, we're talking about a player who this season is comparable to a Carl Anthony Towns, a guy we, you know, in the NBA community hold in much higher regard. Yes. it's That's interesting uh, to me that we we have this tendency when a guy, you know, becomes a certain age, even if he improves, it's like, eh. Right. We don't really pick up on it. Yeah. Well, I think it's like we just assume he's a known quantity at this point. And, like, right. you know, Vooch... I, like, Vooch has never been better than he is right now. I'm totally yeah. with you there. But he's always been this kind of like 15-7, guy. So I think the problem is, one, he plays on an Orlando team that no one pays that much attention to, to be frank. Yeah. Just because they've been so bad for so long that, like, call me when they're competitive in February. You know, that I think that's the mentality. Not for people who follow the league closely and, like, follow every team, but... For a casual fan outside of Orlando, I just don't think there's that much interest. So, mm-hmm. ergo, there's not much interest in Vooch. And, like, he has had seasons, you know, in 2014-15, he came close to a 2010 season. He was 19.3 points and 10.9 rebounds. So, even on a per-game basis, like, he's flirted with this territory for a while. Now, that said... Yes. And as you said, stats aren't everything. Like, in terms of eye tests, he has never played better. I mean, him adding that three-point shot is a significant weapon. Like, that makes him that much more dangerous. He, You're right. He's still not an above-average defender, but he's also not Jaleel Okafor. He's not getting played off the floor because he is so horrendous on that end. That makes him an asset. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Magic do because, I mean, this is, in a way, like, it's great because he's boosting his trade value. But them being competitive might be the worst thing for them in the long run. Because, like, he's a free agent after this year. They have Bamba, Isaac, Gordon waiting in the wings, mm-hmm. ready to be their young front court. But if they're competitive come late January, you know, the, the, the logic was, yeah, like, Vooch has been in the trade deadline rumors for years this should be the year he gets traded, but will he pull the trigger if they're actually in the playoff hunt still? I don't know. That 
I don't think they would because when you look at the roster and the youth of that roster, yeah, like what kind of message does that send? Oh, we're winning, so we better stop winning. So we need to trade him, right? Right. I mean, you know, could you imagine the reaction from Aaron Gordon on that one? No, I know. I mean, Mo Bamba, he would be looking at that. This is not serious. I mean, I, this is not a serious organization. Yeah. Yeah. Where did I get drafted to? So it's it's difficult, but but I I agree with you. Like logically, they should trade him, and I'm I'm actually, I'm not I haven't really taken a side on this yet, but I am actually still, despite what I just said, leaning towards the logical conclusion of him getting traded. It's almost like if I'm a Magic fan, I would actually hope that they drop like ten games in a row, just so you don't end up in that conundrum. Mm-hmm. So you just know, oh, we're bad. We can actually trade guys without right. thinking about it. Because if you trade him at the deadline, you will get something for him. You could also nay-nay him. Mm-hmm. The thing is, he's going to be 29 then when you have to, to trade him later on. Mm-hmm. Or or 30 or whatever. So that, that trade value is probably not going to be that high. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They have some decisions to take and, and make. And, and speaking of Aaron Gordon, are you concerned that he's stagnated a little bit? <sighs> I'm not... No, I'm not too good. Like he's still so young, and I mean, I, ultimately, I think they did what you said. I think they nominated Aaron Gordon, and I think ultimately they'll end up trading him, possibly as early. Oh, interesting. Because I mean, like they maybe not, maybe they trade Isaac, but like Gordon, Isaac, and Bamba, all three of them, I don't believe are compatible long term. I think you have, and Bamba's going to be the five. So I think at some point. You make a decision between Gordon and Isaac, and you move on from the other one. So. Oh, I have a trade. Okay. Does it mar- involve Markel Fultz? No. Hmm. New Draymond for Draymond. Ooh. Oh no. No 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 no. The Warriors would win the next five rings. Yeah, what well, I'm just saying. Like, could you imagine Orlando would be like, "Oh yeah, we need a leader. We oh, need someone God. who is." Who has all the intangibles. You're right. They might be dumb enough yeah. to do that. They could totally do that. They uh, traded for Serge Ibaka. They didn't pick up the fourth-year option on Mara Hussonia. You know, the, all the... We've spoken about the magic at length. Yeah. Could you imagine an, an Aaron Gordon <laughs> for Draymond Green deal? Oh, that would be very upsetting for anyone who's hoping for competitive basketball after this season. Oh, he would be fun, though, in Golden State. I know. He'd be incredible. Like I, I'm saying, that would be a great trade for Golden yeah. State. They should make that yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, I I get it, but yeah. I mean, I just from an entertainment perspective. Yeah. Oh God. That that would prolong their dynasty. Yep. Because then KD might even stay too, because no one's gonna call him <laughs> names on the court. <laughs> we're at Spreaker. We yeah. have to remember we're exactly. at Spreaker now. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, anything else on the Magic, or should we go to our last team in the East? One last thing about the Magic. Yeah. I told you Evan Fournier could play make a little bit. You did? Yeah. Yes. I like him. I've always liked him. I yes. Happily flip Barco Fultz for Evan Fournier. <laughs> this is <laughs> going to be like a theme until February. Yeah, it's going to be every player we discuss. <laughs> Anyone. Just name a player. I'll trade him. Uh, uh, well, Jabari <laughs> Parker. Oh, okay. There, we found the line. <laughs> yeah, we found I the thought line. so. Yeah. All right, wait. Let's talk. We're going to stay in Florida, actually. We're going to go yep, to the Miami Heat, who are 6-11. and 11. Well, I mean, it's kind of 
fair that they're 6 and 11 considering the circumstances which we talked about before we started recording. Yeah. Is it fair to say that they have been bitten by the injury bug or should we just say they've been devoured? <laughs> because yeah. they have played 14 so far they've played only 14 players mm-hmm. in their first 17 games. However, James Johnson only accounts for two of those or, or has only played in two of those. Right. You know, Duncan Robinson has played in four. Udonis Haslam has played in two. And they're averaging, you know, th- he Haslam is averaging at three minutes, and, <laughs> right. and Duncan Robinson like seven. So, technically speaking, they've played eleven guys. Yeah, eleven players. Now, Dwayne Wade has missed seven games. Wayne Ellington has missed seven games. Justice Winslow has missed four games. Goran Dragic has missed five, and will continue to miss a few games. Tyler Johnson has missed games, and will continue to miss a few games. They are just not healthy. And I mean, their their upcoming schedule. You you touched on this before we started recording. Is brutal. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm nervous, Brian. Yeah, I am too. I mean, you're right. I don't. I wish I had the like injury games lost per team, whatever it is. Like the, oh, there's yeah, some yeah. tracker, but I would venture to say Miami's got to be up there. Like, maybe someone skews it because they've been missing a player all year, but they were missing James Johnson for all but two games, as you said. They've also missed a player all year long. Oh, it's Ian Waiters. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're definitely leading the league. Yeah. They, probably, they have to. Yeah. I would assume so. But, yeah, as you alluded to, like, after the next – they have about two more weeks of somewhat – I mean, there are some winnable matchups in there. Like, they're at Chicago tonight on Friday, have Atlanta mm-hmm. Tuesday, Orlando and Phoenix – early in December, but then that starting with Phoenix, that's the start of a six game road trip. It's Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Jazz, Grizzlies, Pelicans. We'll get to the Grizzlies shortly. Then Houston, Milwaukee, at Orlando, Toronto, Cleveland, Minnesota, Cleveland, Washington, Atlanta, Denver, Boston, Memphis, Milwaukee, Detroit. Like, oh. <laughs> I mean, there are not My playoffs. Yeah. Like there just aren't many, you know, there are a lot of games where you look at the schedule and you're like, all right, you can pencil that in as a win. The, no. you know, they could steal some games against good teams. They've beaten Detroit. They've beaten the Spurs. They've beaten the Blazers. So I'm not saying, like, they're going to go, you know, oh and whatever throughout that stretch. But they had a pretty easy stretch to start the season. And you lose against the Kings. You lose against Atlanta. You get lose against Orlando. Those are games you need to win. For when you go on a six-game Western Conference road trip, you know, in in, in early mid December, because the like that becomes more difficult. It just raises the or lowers your margin of error, basically. Like you, I mean, it's the East, so maybe they could still make it to that seven or eight seed. But I'm with you. I'm worried. I mean, they're 25th in offensive rating right now, and I think this is where. You know, they look. Josh Richardson's been playing out of his mind. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah. Like I, I do not blame them at all for pulling him out of the Jimmy Butler talks. You know, once the season started and once they saw how well he would assimilate to that number one role, he's you know he's going to be a third of the price of Jimmy Butler after this year. Like, totally, yeah. you made the right decision there, especially given all the salary cap concerns you have because of your spending spree a couple of years ago. 
Yeah. And so, like, if you told me, yeah. you know, coming into the year, if you told me the Heat were going to be six and eleven right now, I would have just been like, oh, so Hassan Whiteside is just checked out. Like, you know, the bad blood from last year, the end of last year, and last playoffs. He's just done. He wants out. He's just like moping and sulking and whatever. He's been good. Mm. You know, f- almost fourteen points, fifteen rebounds, three blocks a game. Like, he he's yeah. had a couple games where he's like not engaged and mopey, but that's just kind of par for the course for him. But overall, mm-hmm. he's been playing really well. So I do, yes, yes. you know, I do wonder. It, it feels like there's missing that number one type option. I mean, Richardson is doing as well his, as he can in that role. But, like, I do wonder if they'll regret not getting Butler. You know, again, would I have traded Richardson for him? Probably not, especially knowing what Butler ended up going for. But could they have somehow finagled Butler without including Richardson? Would, Maybe. Would he have, you know, substantially changed their fate? I, I don't know, but I would assume so. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big question here really isn't about the established player. It's about how Sion Williamson is going to look for him. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, there's no way they're going to... I mean, no one's catching Cleveland. Cleveland's... They've got the number one odds on lockdown. I know it's the yeah. same odds for the top three, but, like, Cle- right, Cleveland's because... floor is five. It's over. Yeah. I mean, and, and of course, after every time LeBron, LeBron leaves them, they yeah. win like right. fifteen three, first round. Yeah, yeah, three lotteries in four years, something like God. that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I mean, so if you had to guess right now, mm-hmm. knowing what schedule's coming up, knowing the injuries yeah. they're dealing with, do you think the Miami Heat make the playoffs this year? No, no, not even close. Yeah, I, I was I was barely kidding about my Sion Williamson comment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Detroit and Charlotte are somewhat better than expected. Or really, it's just uh-huh. Kemba Walker is playing out of his GD mind right now. And yes, he is. I love it. Yeah. So that's seven spots because we assume Boston's going to be fine. So it comes down to like Orlando, Brooklyn, Washington, and Miami for that last spot. <laughs> this season is so weird. <laughs> it's gross. It's so gross. And we haven't even touched on the weirdness of the West yet. I know. So, but I, I'm with you. Like right now, knowing what's coming up, yeah, that's going to be a challenge for Miami. Yes. Like, I would probably still give them the inside track, but uh, I don't know, man. They gotta get it figured out quickly, cause even like the end of their schedule, the end of their season, they have a home and home against Boston, at Minnesota, at Toronto, home against Philly, at Brooklyn. Those are their last six games. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not with it. Sorry, Alana. <laughs> She's never coming on the pod again. We blew nope. it. We 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 definitely did. But you know what? I don't think we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're wrong on this one. Yeah. Unfortunately. I know. Yeah. And that that if they do miss the playoffs, we're gonna have, need to have a long conversation about where they go from here because to have committed that much money to this team and then still not be able to make the playoffs or even crack five hundred, that is that is the definition of NBA purgatory. 
But that's, I mean, come on, let's be honest. We we said this much yeah, back then. I know. Like, we weren't fans of the, you know, they had the same problem as Charlotte. Right. Like, when you look at all those con- contracts in a vacuum, they mm-hmm. were fine. Yeah. It's the collective um, monetary output of those contracts. Mm-hmm. It's when you put them all on the same team yeah. and you expect something to happen where, you know, they they play significantly above their pay their pay level. Right. That's just not happening. Like no. Uh, Long term contracts is really, <laughs> it's really the biggest Achilles heel you can have in the NBA. Yeah. If you get it wrong. Yeah. Hey, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the. Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Moy. Let's switch to the wets then. And we got it. Let's mm. start... At the top of the conference right now, as of... Oh, Golden State? It would have been had yeah. <laughs> Stephen Curry not gotten hurt and KD and Draymond gotten in a fight. But yep. instead, I mean, look, we're recording this on Black Friday. By the time you listen to this, it, the standings could be completely different because right now, separating 1 and 10 in the West is only two and a half games. Yeah. That said, the Memphis Grizzlies are number one in the West right now at 12 and 5. I love it. They're th- I love it. Third in the league in defensive rating. It's just the grit and grind. Grizzlies are back. Well, that and they had a significant talent infusion. Yeah. Oh, in the form of and someone named Jared Jackson Jr. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I get it. When you look at his numbers, it's like twelve and a half points, four point four boards. You know, one point three assists, one point two steals, one point eight blocks. Like he's good, but statistically, people are looking at it and going, well. But he's 19. Right. And I saw the game against Dallas, and I think it was Jalen Brunson and DeAndre Jordan were doing a pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just like, it was so obvious that Jordan was just going to jam that home. And, and Jackson just read it mm-hmm. all the way through and challenged him right at the rim from, from behind, though. Like, he, the, his arm came out of nowhere. He covered, ex, you know, an, an extensive amount of ground in two steps and was just at the rim so quickly that he just took DeAndre Jordan by surprise. I was just like, that's that play from a 19-year-old rookie to have the balls <laughs> to do that. Mm-hmm. That was just, that was terrific. He just broke off that entire play. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do when he's like, you know, 23, 24. Yeah. I think he defensively, I think he's going to be a monster. Yeah. Just an absolute monster. And, you know, one of the reasons it's working right now is he's actually really, really good from a scoring perspective. Mm -hmm. Because 12.5 points may not sound like a whole lot, but he's doing it in just over 24 minutes a game. Right. Yeah. I was going to, you know, speaking to your point about his defensive instincts in particular, I'm going to read you the full list of players in NBA history who have averaged at least 1.5 blocks and one steal per game before turning 20. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. Kevin Garnett, Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nice. Nice. 
I mean that like when you're in company with those guys, and, and those yes. guys averaged they uh, AD averaged twenty eight point eight, Kevin Garnett averaged twenty eight point seven minutes per game, in their oh. age nineteen season. So, Jared Jackson's doing that in four fewer minutes a game than those two guys did. He's versatile. Yeah, I mean, like when you're when you're in the conversation with those two guys, that speaks volumes. I mean. Davis was a t- where did he finish last year? I think it was third in defensive player of the year. KG, you know, with former defensive player of the year, like all defense team every year, yeah, forever. I mean, like that is the type of guy Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be. The fact he's hit his like he's getting into it already like this as a rookie, that's mm-hmm. terrifying. Yeah, I would say so. And I would say so. And also, I mean, look, coming into the year, when we recorded our Western Conference over-under, we felt very strongly about a couple lines. I remember the Grizzlies being one of them. I think the Grizzlies over-under was 34 and a half. And we were like, that's at least five wins too low. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you know, the Grizzlies were awful last year, but Mike Conley went down in early November, and they just, you know, they, the Grizzlies go as Mike Conley goes. Lo and behold, Mike Conley's back. He's you know he's doing the same Mike Conley thing, averaging twenty points, six assists, three rebounds, a couple of threes. All of a sudden, Mark Gasol looks re- revitalized. Mm-hmm. You know some of their offseason additions: Kyle Anderson, Garrett Temple. You know Anderson's not putting up huge numbers or anything like that, but but he's steady, right? And like these guys. I mean, they're just playing. They're all playing great defense. It, it's just a slog to play this Grizzlies team. You know, like it, <laughs> scoring numbers across the league are up unless you're playing the Memphis Grizzlies. In which case, <laughs> you know, they've allowed against Utah. They allowed 84 against yeah. Phoenix, 96, Washington, 95, Denver. They won a game against Denver, 89 to 87. Yeah, that's when you know. That's when you know. Yeah. And they're and also they're just allowing teams to shoot the two point jump shot. Right. Which I mean which is smart. Yep. Yeah. There <laughs> The Grizzlies are good. So here's the question. Do you think this is sustainable? Do you think they are a legitimate playoff contender? Or do you think they're gonna slip back and, you know, be be annoying, be somewhere around five hundred, but probably end up missing? Well, I just have to correct myself. Actually, when I set the two-point shot, uh-huh. I was looking. They were number one in the league, mm-hmm. but in, in opponent shot. Mm-hmm. But apparently, they're allowing the least. Oh, the fewest, not the most. Oh, the fewest. Yeah. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna take that back. From what I've seen from them, it does seem like they're conceding that shot. But hmm, that's interesting. Well, regarding whether it's attainable, I think their defense is. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies with, like I said, a talent infusion. Yeah. Absolutely. That could be, that could very much be attainable. Um, offensively, eh, well, I'm, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I would like to see someone else from that rotation break out a little bit more. Yeah. Like, Marshawn Brooks played, offensively at least, pretty well last season in a very small sample size. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's always been able to score the ball. So I'm kind of hoping for their sake that he finds a rhythm, gets yeah. a little bit more minutes, so they balance the defense and offense out just a little bit more, mm-hmm. so he can get going. Yeah. Um. I I think they need another scoring punch. If they get that, you know, 
that, then we can talk about it in a couple of months. Uh, I, I certainly don't, don't want to cap them off in any way. Yeah. I mean, it still feels flimsy because, like, if Gasol went down, I feel like Jackson, I mean, Jackson's role would obviously expand. And I, you know, Jermichael mm-hmm. Green could maybe get more minutes. Like, I, I think they could compensate for that. But it's, a, you know, if they lost one of Gasol or Conley for any length of time, and neither of those guys are exactly pristine in terms of their health record. I think they'd slip down the standings pretty quickly. But I'm just happy that the Grizzlies are more competitive than Vegas expected. Because that's what, that's what we said coming into the year. We thought they were just going to be like, yep. like a really annoying team to play against. And lo and behold, 17 games into the season, that's, that is what the Memphis Grizzlies are. So it's, it's just good to, like, look, Memphis fans are awesome. Just in, like Memphis basketball fans are great, they deserve to have a good team, and it, this just fits. I like I never want a Memphis team to be like Denver. I never want them to score 125 points a game. I think like that that just fits the city's culture of like this rugged, brash, like just hold teams to 90 points or fewer, like that. Mm. They're, they're, I'm sure the city of Memphis is loving this Grizzlies team right now. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And also, you know, going into all this, you and I have been talking about this on the podcast over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like, it is absolutely crucial that when you get a young big man, yeah. that you have a good point guard yes. to to kind of connect him with. Like, I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. could have gotten a better example, like just yeah. or, or a better fit, because you know Conley is seeking him out and is just doing everything in his power to make Jackson more successful. Yeah, I think that is going to go such a long way. So kudos for Mike Conley as well. Yeah, you know, we haven't heard anything from that team going. Oh, you know what? We're old. No. Trade the young fellow from a veteran. Like they're just. I mean, from a personality perspective, I I really am digging the Grizzlies. Me too. Me too. I mean, they they like Orlando are an interesting team moving forward just because Gasol could opt out after this season. So, you know, again, we were batting around even last year when they were without Conley and just, like, completely flailing. We were wondering whether they should trade Gasol, and, you know, it'll probably pop up again this year, but if the Grizzlies stay competitive, much like you can't imagine Orlando trading Vooch, there's no way they're going to trade Gasol if they're in the playoff race by early February. So they're going to be a fun one to watch this season. I'm excited to... I mean, let's just knock on wood, everyone listening to, like, knock on the closest piece of wood that you have that Conley stays healthy, because, you know, I, I, it's, it's just no fun seeing that guy get hurt. I would agree. Yeah. So let's go, Uh, let's go a little bit down the list. We're going to skip Portland, because, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go to number three, tied with. The Oklahoma City Thunder, who have bounced back from a horrible start to the season. Now they're just, oh, you had to get that in. Yeah, like, had yeah. to. Right. Number one defense yeah. in the league, Oklahoma City Thunder. But All tied right. with them are the Los Angeles Clippers, another team mm-hmm. that Vegas was very low on in the summer. That we said, you know, they might not make a, they might not make the playoffs, but like they have talent, they're going to be annoying to play. All of a sudden, yeah. you know, like they have in terms of. Winning percentage, they're above the Golden State Warriors right now. 
<laughs> That's what I'm saying. What a weird season. Yeah. All right. So he, here's the thing about the Clippers, okay? Mm-hmm. Everyone is talking about Tobias Harris. Yep. was great yeah. and fantastic. I'm not going to argue that at all. People are also pointing out that Shai Gilgis Alexander is a stud. Yep. They're right. Not going to argue that with that at all. Yep. People are pointing out how awesome a Trestle Harrell is by averaging 15.5 points and 7 boards and almost 2 blocks in less than 25 minutes a game. Outrageous. Also going to agree with that. Outrageous. Yeah, almost 6 free throw attempts a game as well yeah. in that time. Oh, and a steal, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> Shooting almost 67% from the field. Just outstanding. Again, not going to argue, but people are forgetting something. People are forgetting the rooster. Mm. Danilo Gallinari... He's played 16 games, Mm -hmm. and he's averaging 18.5 points. He's shooting 44 from three. 95.5% from the free throw line on high volume. 5.5 attempts per game. He has missed exactly four free throws this season. Here's the thing. Everyone is forgetting about Gallinari because they assume he'll go down as he always does. (laughs) Right. So the Clippers, you know, as currently constructed because he's in that lineup, is looking pretty damn good. Because when healthy, Gallinari is a borderline all-star. Yeah. Imagine if he actually stays on the court all year long. Like, plays 70-plus games. Would the Clippers be a playoff team if he does? I think he would. Or he, yeah, sorry, they, they would, would, obviously. Yeah, yeah he, he would too. He would almost <laughs> be a playoff right. player. But yeah, yes, abs- I think they could be. I mean, it seems that that combination of Tobias Harris and Daniel Gallinari makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that before. You know, Gallo can play with you know with prime Wilson Chandler. Yeah. Like, he can play with th- these forwards who can slide in between positions because he can do that himself. So you can have Tobias... And Gallinari at the three and four, you can reverse them. You can just do a bunch of things. He's just versatile because he's a shooter. He can play off the ball. He can also play on the ball. Like there's just so much size and and shooting ability. If he's healthy, that changes the entire outlook from these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they have. They're another one of those teams, kind of like Miami, where they don't like Tobias Harris is their number one option, which is. Mm-hmm fine but like you know when you're thinking about a number one option he doesn't quite fit the bill but right their collection of like b plus role players they have a lot of them and they're all playing yes. well and that's sometimes all you need like lou williams is just cooking off the bench as usual it's just what he does he's gonna score 20 i points. didn't even mention him yeah you're right i, I forgot all about him. he's hitting 94 percent from the free throw line yeah god yeah yeah so it's not like the Clippers. It's not like they're feasting on cupcakes. I mean, if you look at this, like it, just on paper, had you seen the start of their season and their schedule for the first twenty games or so, right? You would think they were going to be like six and fourteen. I mean, they have wins against Oklahoma City, two against Houston. They beat Milwaukee. They won against Golden State in the win that started the downfall of the Golden State dynasty. Their six losses are against Denver, New Orleans, OKC, Philly, Portland, and then the Wizards game where they were up like 20 in the first quarter and then the Wizards finally put their dysfunction aside for one game. But, you know, like no truly bad loss. 
Like, the Wizards would be their worst loss of the season. It's a road game, and, like, the Wizards had just wildly underachieved this year. But in terms of talent, you know, it's not... They haven't lost to a Phoenix yet. They haven't lost to a Cleveland or an Atlanta or a Chicago. No offense. Right. You know, like... No offense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, look, I, I just think they're... As you said, especially if Gallinari stays healthy, like, they just have so many different guys who can beat you on any given night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't... Including someone we didn't talk about. Who's that? Boban, man. Oh, Boban! He's been so good. I love him. He's finally... Brian, I'm so happy he's finally breaking double-digit minutes. I know. On average. I know. He's averaging, for the first time in his career, over 10 minutes a game. He's averaging 11.1 minutes. Per minute monster. I'm so proud <laughs> of my Boban. I, I mean, he's averaging... Almost 25 and 15 per 36 minutes. It's outrageous. And three blocks. I know. It's the best. But here's the great part, though. Look at the free throw numbers as well. Oh, my God. Like, this dude is just drawing fouls as soon as he gets in there. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. He's playing 11 minutes game. He's taking three foul shots. Like, yeah. I love it. I think all you of know, those were from Embiid the one time the Sixers played them. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. God, I mean... I still don't get why you can't play him just a little bit more. Yeah. Those numbers are just... Uh, I get the defensive concerns all, but he's 7-3, and he's got like a 7-9 seven, seven, wingspan or something. Oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean... More, maybe. I guess don't fix what ain't broken. Like, they're, I guess. they're winning with him playing a limited role. I mean, the, the thing I like about this Clippers team is like Tom Thibodeau should look at this minutes distribution. Like... Mm. Like, this is how you should, you know, Tobias Harris is the only one, he's averaging 35 minutes, Gallo is second at 30.7, and then Shy is third at 27.5. Like, it's been a very yeah. egalitarian system. That, it has. Which is great. It's very undock Rivers, I feel like. Must come from higher up. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry, West. West. Jerry West is there. Yeah. Greatest exec of all time. I mean, look. You know, I, I I think it is a matter of them just having healthy bodies, also being able to to find an offensive rhythm, mm-hmm. have some depth. Also, yeah, I mean, crying out loud, that's not been the Clippers' strength for years. No. With the whole Blake, CP3, DeAndre thing, like those, and and JJ, those were the four guys, and then everything else was kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I guess you had Jamal, but right, right. That's just not... I mean, here you can at least go a lot deeper. Like, again, Boban. You have Boban averaging 11 minutes. <laughs> like, that's depth. Yeah. That's depth. And by the way, can we agree on something? Before Boban retires, we need to have one team sign him and just go, you know what, I don't care. I don't care about what we do this season. I just want to give you 30 minutes and see what ridiculous <laughs> numbers you're going to put up for 82 games. It's got to be while he's still kind of young, too. Oh, but he's a free agent this summer. Oh, here we go. The Lakers, when they strike out oh. all the big big name players. No, because LeBron is going to take so many shots. I want to <laughs> I want a place where he can just take as many shots as he wants. Mm. I don't know. Dallas. I, yeah. Well, Dallas. Oh, Dallas is good because, you know, you have willing passers. Yeah. Jurgis is is not going to be there next year, I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'm 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 starting the, the Boban to Dallas campaign right now. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yep, me too. 
All right, boy. Let's finish up then with the Utah Jazz. Who? Aww. I know. Well, we're gonna bookmark this. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-sized prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. We're going to start with the team that is wildly underperforming expectations with the Boston Celtics, and we're going to end with the team that is wildly underperforming expectations with the Utah Jazz, who a lot yeah. of people said coming into the season could be even the second best team in the West. Yeah, they are current, They are currently 8-10. and 10. Again, like mm-hmm. the, all of these teams, I mean, the Western Conference playoff picture right now, just don't even focus on it, because like the Timberwolves are 14th right now in the West, and they're only five and a half games out of first. You know, like the West is very tightly bunched, whereas the East, Atlanta and Cleveland are already 11 and a half games behind. Like they could already start focusing on lottery balls. The West, mm-hmm. they're like everyone is still in it, but the Jazz are, again, they're 8 and 10. They are 24th in terms of offensive rating, which probably not a huge surprise. I mean, right. you know, you. You assume like it's Donovan Mitchell or Bus, basically. They're seventeenth in defensive rating, though. That's where it jumps off, right? Yeah, that's the surprise. And, yeah, and it doesn't really make sense when you look at it because Joe Ingles is there, healthy, right? You know, Gobert is there, healthy. Yep. Ricky Rubio is there, healthy. You know, Jay Crowder is now in a bench role, meaning you know, and and I get that Jay is kind of an overrated defender, but he's not a bad defender, right? Like let's. I know that Jazz Twitter was on, you know, Jay's case a lot this summer, but I mean, he's—it's not like Jay is out there being a liability on the defensive end. Like, let's not pretend to go that far. Right. He's overrated, but he's fine, and he's coming in now as a bench player, so bringing that energy on defense in a reserve role. And yet, they're just—they're still struggling. I mean, I don't know if it's the whole Gobert favors lineup. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling that it is that they need a more versatile forward yeah. who can go out and just guard the three-point line and, and do a lot of damage there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It could be one of those things. But, man, if they got their offense together as well so they can come out and run and generate points, that would help them a lot too because then you drain the fatigue from the opponents as well yeah. on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like Ricky Rubio, is, he he shot significantly better last year. He has since regressed to his previous level. He's shooting 37.3% overall, 34.2% from three. That doesn't help. I mean, Ingles is almost 38% from three, but he's not. You just can't have him as your primary creator. You know, Mm -hmm. Gobert can't create. He just can't create offense for himself, really. So you can't expect more than 15 points from him, which is what he's giving you. Can we have a talk about your boy Donnie? Yeah, we can. We have to. He needs help. 35 field goal attempts. Yep. Zero assists yep. against the Sixers. Yeah, it was horrid. It was horrid. I will give him credit, though. He acknowledged it immediately. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm not and like he was rubbing pissed salt. At, at himself. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. Oh, oh, no, no. But you know what? If you were, <laughs> I'd take it because <laughs> that was just... That should never happen. Right. That should just never... Those were Kobe, Kobe numbers and... 
Well, they you were know, actual Carmelo the numbers. It was like Carmelo oh, was worse. the last guy to do it. It was like January 2014 or something like that. Ugh, yeah. No, that's horrid. Absolutely. Um, I, I think he feels a lot of pressure right now. Yeah. In terms of scoring the ball. like he's, There's only one guy taking more than 11 shots on this team, and that's him. <laughs> they, he, they need uh, a guy. They really yeah. do. And we said as much before. Like we've, Whenever we've spoken about Utah... And like, oh, they could even, you know, be be the second team or, or the second seed in the West. Right. We were always talk about there's a cap on their potential in the playoffs because it's one guy. Right. Like this is the Derrick Rose situation in Chicago all over again. Yeah. That is not sustainable. You need to have a guy. I, I mean, look, Jazz fans for a long while liked the idea of adding Nikola Mirotic to that team. Oh yeah. Because that's a stretch for he's you know he he would fit in more seamlessly with Gobert than Favors does and all that. Right. I I don't know if it's a realistic option, but if it is, that's the guy they should target. That is the exact type of player, at least. Maybe not Nico specifically. Right. I was but that say, time of. I don't think the Pelicans right. are giving up Nico at this point. I agree, but like a dynamic stretch four. Yeah. Yeah. High volume stretch forward, like and not Brian Anderson. <laughs> right, right. I mean, the favors go bear lineup was surprisingly potent last year, but I agree it does seem like it's taking a step back this year. And I think you're right. I think teams have just keyed in on like they can't score if we guard Donovan Mitchell. Like we'll live for, with Ricky Rubio shooting from deep. If he hits a couple, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna we're basically gonna make him prove it. We're gonna make him prove that. They have someone else other than Donovan Mitchell. And assuming they don't make any moves between now and the trade deadline, which I don't necessarily know is a fair assumption, I would probably not be surprised if they did end up trading favors or someone to try to get that a second spark. But is there anyone else on this team who you could see giving them that punch in the meantime? Because, you know, the trade deadline, not they can't make a move before, but the trade deadline's still more than two months away. They got a long season ahead of them. Yeah, they do. So Alec Burks has played somewhat well offensively, mm-hmm. but he's only getting like 15 minutes a game. Now, I'll be straight up with you. I have not keyed in on Burks' defense this year. Yeah. So you tell me if he's looked horrid. I don't know. I, I really haven't keyed in on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I don't think horrid is the right word. I, for for me, if, if I'm the Jazz and I'm – I'm guessing they're probably just nervous about his injury history and, like, worried about overextending him. Mm. That would be my yeah, but guess. they need him, though. I know. They need him, though. But, yeah, I mean... And they're paying him, like, 10... Well, how much are they paying him? Like, 10-something? Yeah. 11 and a half mil. Yeah. Like, uh, with him on the floor, th- these are basketball reference numbers, so they're a little different than what NBA.com has, probably. But... Right. With him on right. the floor... Uh, opponents are scoring 115.4 with him off. It's 114.1. So not a huge on-off gap. I mean, right. Not not enough to like merit him not playing or getting bumped in rotation. You know, I mean, it's... Yeah, right. No, but I, I think they would need his, his offensive component. I, I, I'm guessing that you were hoping I was going to say Dante X. I was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not ruling that out. He's had a pretty rough season, at least offensively. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure he's ever going to be that 
that guy that people expected him to be. Yeah. Not at this point. Just you know, too many injuries. Yeah. He he's never going because a lot of people had this expectation of him coming in and becoming like you know a, a top fifteen guard right. in the NBA eventually. Can we can we rule that out now? Is that fair? Is it fair to rule that specific criteria out? He's still young, but probably. I think. Yeah. Well, you know, twenty three. Yeah, I it's mean, it's not like he's still pretty 19. young. Yeah, but he's. It's not like the potential is just oozing away, and he's nineteen. Right. 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 So. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just given the injuries and like, I can't right. see him. By by the time he's if he's ever their starting point guard, by the time that happens, he'll probably be closer to twenty five, twenty six. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the window is closing for sure. Right. So the thing with him is that jumper is just not coming around. Yeah. If it was, then that changes things dramatically because then you could just insert him with, with Donnie and those two could just play off one another. Right. Easy. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he should uh, call Drew Hanlon and then not have his mom <laughs> curse out Drew Hanlon the first game of the season. Oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> I, but but to switch gears away from Mark Elfold, yeah, Andrew Hanlon, Grayson Allen. Yeah, I was about to ask. Yeah, because that's um, another guy where you know coming into the year, we thought like he could give a nice punch off the bench. He could give them like as you said, we were worried about their offense coming into the year. We thought, hey, you know, Grayson Allen's a shooter. He is. Yeah. He's shooting all right. He is shooting 35.6% overall, 27.6% from three. Right. I was optimistic about Grayson simply because of need. Yeah. I, I was like optimistic in the sense that, oh, he needs to work. Right. He needs to work for him. And he needs to be ready immediately because he's 23. Well, at that point he was 22, but he was a senior. Yeah. I am now being reminded again, Brian. And I, I've had this opinion before, and then with Grayson Allen, I just decided to leave that opinion for a while because I just wanted to believe in him. Mm-hmm. And that is when you draft a guy who's a senior, unless that senior is, you know, Tim Duncan esque and has been a clear lottery pick for like three years, but who's just decided to go back to college. Yeah. Like, don't spend your first round draft pick on a guy who is. You know, that close to a finished product. Right. Yeah. Just don't. Just don't. And I, I mean, look, what was he draft? Like 21st? Yeah, somewhere around there. All right. So you could have taken Landry Shamit, who would have been significantly better by this point already. Right. Yeah. There are just, yeah, you know, there, there are just some options that you could have gone with where you just look at, oh, you know, shooting is essential and youth is essential. Yeah, I I'm uh, I'm just tired of seeing you know teams looking at seniors as some sort of asset and going oh that that dude will come in and, and save us he's NBA ready and then one he won't get the minutes and two he's just not ready right and if you're dra- gonna draft a guy who's not ready then draft someone who's nineteen <laughs> yeah 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 it's the Jazz are in a tough spot I mean they are look it, you know it's. It's still early. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs necessarily, but they have lost some winnable games. Um, mm-hmm. I, like the the Dallas game was really where that was the first time I was like, oh boy, so <laughs> this is more than like early season struggles. It was you know 118 to 68. 
Like that's that should mm-hmm. just never happen. I don't care if you're playing the Warriors, but you're playing the Dallas right. Mavericks, who are what, like thirteenth in the West right now? Twelfth in the yeah. West. <laughs> They're ahead of the Jazz. Oh, did you see that move Dantic put on Gobert that game? Yeah. I mean, Under the basket? Yeah. It, it was look, I mean Dallas just completely worked them on both ends, mm-hmm. but that shouldn't happen against no. I mean <laughs> no. against any team. You know. It, yeah. So look, they've got a relatively easy stretch or like they have some winnable games coming up. I, I wouldn't say an easy stretch necessarily, but they they could write the ship very quickly. Mm-hmm. But they also have I mean come kind of even from early December onward like two games against the Spurs Houston OKC Miami Orlando Houston Golden State Portland OKC Portland Philly New York Toronto like they're another team much like Miami where if it doesn't get better quickly like they could go on a real skid yeah they could and and I think they're too good to do that though I I hope so but they really yeah. haven't been playing that well as I mean Maybe. Yeah. I just don't no, know. I, I think they'll... F- yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I, I I, just... I can't imagine not, considering what they did last season. But again, I mean, maybe teams just figuring them out. So, here's something interesting. Let's assume that they miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But by a fair margin, because, they're like, you know, right now, 8 and eight and 10, if they continue that trend, they're going to miss out by, by a significant margin, actually. Mm-hmm. Do you just look at that team and go, okay, we'll, we're going to keep Donnie, we're going to keep Rudy, that's it. Let's just... Ooh. Because Ricky is a free agent after this year, right? Mm, I don't... Yeah, I think so. I believe Let me just look is. it up. And then I believe Favors, it was a two-year deal, but yeah. I think the second year is either a team option or is like mostly non-guaranteed. Right, Rubio is a free agent okay. after this year. So I mean, and so is Jay Crowder, right? I believe so. So I think that yeah, kind of forces. No, he's he's got. Oh, he has year. one more year. Oh, and he's on that like ridiculously cheap deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you keep him around. I mean, but that like that might force their hand if you lose. You know, if you lose Ricky, and then if this favors Gobert lineup continues to struggle, I don't think you pay favors $18 million. Like I think you probably, or however much he's making 17, whatever, you know, right. You probably look to fill that hole, as you said, with the stretch four, maybe even you have Jay Crowder as your full-time four, but Ugh. yeah, no. <laughs> I know. I, well, I'm just saying like they have, you know, they have a lot of financial flexibility after this season, if they want it, like they could be right. Alec Burks is coming off the cap as well. Yeah, so they like they could be big players. It looks like they only have sixty-two million in guaranteed salary on the books. The cap's projected at one hundred nine, I believe. So that's forty-seven million dollars. You know, they're not a big free agent player. Usually, they're not going to get Kevin Durant, but maybe they get one of these tier two or tier three guys. Maybe, oh, maybe they get oh, it to Tobias Harris. Yeah, I was just <laughs> about to say his name. Yeah. I was just about to mention him. Yeah. Because that would be beautiful. That would be really, like yeah. Him, him and Donnie. Now now we're talking. Right. Like Tobias Harris and, and that, that type of player. Like you mentioned Josh Richardson earlier on. Now he's not a free agent. 
but you know that type of player yeah the b plus player right like if they can get two of those yeah that changes everything for utah in, in terms of how their development or and foundation is going to be right and i mean he would yeah. like tobias and gobert too like tobias oh yeah for sure Ty, tobias isn't exactly an all-world defender but gobert makes up for a lot of his mistakes Oh, we need to come up with something here, Brian. Like, we need to find that third guy. Like, let's say Tobias, he's locked in. Now, right. now you have Donnie, you have Tobias, and you have Rudy, right? Yeah. That's a pretty good trio. You you still have money. Yeah. Like, if you make some moves. Right. I feel like, like you probably... The- depends. If you are ready to move on from Rubio, you're probably going yeah. for a point guard. Unless you, right. you're thinking Exum can take over the starting job. I do not think that. Yeah. So, I mean, Terry Roger is going to be wildly overpaid this summer by someone. So I, I don't think, depending on how much he it, could be good though. I know he but, could be good, but like I don't think they would be able to afford both fa- uh, Harris and Roger. That's fair. Like the Suns are going to pay like Roger the... twenty five million dollars or something. Just something outrageous. Yeah. 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 He's he's going to get cashed in, and because he's like the best young point guard on the market, right? Yeah, it'll be like a Reggie Jackson right. from a couple of years ago. Oh God, yeah, no, 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 we don't want any part of that over Utah. <laughs> no. All right, so what you do is you look at the wings and like you find a shooting guard, and then you go the the Denver route. Mm. I don't, I know they don't have a Jokic guy, right? But like if they have a, if they can find a two guard who can handle the basketball, because mm-hmm. Donnie can handle the basketball, yeah. Then you have those two, and Tobias was, you know, developed as a three man, so he's got some ball skills. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I could I could live with that. You know, the old ways of having a point guard bringing it up like eighty eighty five percent of the time is is dead and gone. Yeah, so yeah. that doesn't really matter. I mean, I think what all of this says is basically like everyone who was anointing Utah as like this ready made contender, mm-hmm. they're still one piece away. I think. Right, maybe I mean, possibly two pieces away, but like they're not yeah. at they're not the second best team in the West. No, they no nope. could be next year. They very well could be, depending on who they get. But right now they need to add something else. I'm trying. I'm trying to see like who else, what other point guards, affordable point guards, will be on the market because like you know they mm. they couldn't afford like Kemba, and Tobias Harris. Uh, right, I I was ruling out Kemba immediately because I you know max deal. Right, for sure. Uh, Darren Collison would be a free agent. Oof. He's just kind of average, right? I mean, when you really look at it. Corey Joseph, Pat Beverly. Eh, I mean, that's fine. I'm not blown away here, Brian. Here's here's what I would be blown away by. Emmanuel Mudiay. <laughs> no, no. Let, let's ignore the Tobias Harris thing for a second. Okay. And just imagine. I, I know you're gonna be. No, we gave up a lot of pieces. But like a Jimmy, Jimmy Butler type, yeah. To to come in and play like the three there because you know he can hail the ball. Like that's the type of player you need in there for sure. You need a guy who can come in and hail the ball, play multiple positions, and be a one hell of a defender. Yeah. Ooh man, the point guard market is sparse next to. You know what? We should actually have a debate 
or not a debate, but just a talk about the point guard position in the NBA. Remember just a couple years ago, it was like, oh, everyone in the NBA has a great point guard. The po- there's There are point guards coming out of the woodwork. There are just so many great point guards. What are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. Have you noticed that in the last couple of drafts, we- there have been virtually no one. And that trend seems to continue. There have been no point guards? No, there have been. But ha- there have been, like... You know, you haven't had like the, the the you know the organizational point guard. You haven't had oh. the franchise altering point guard. Yeah, where's where's the Dame Lillard, the Steph Curry? You know what those guys like. You have I know I get Trey Young and all that, but I, mean, <laughs> I was about to say Lakers here. Lonzo Ball is calling. But like, yeah, I mean, De'Aaron he hasn't really De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox, it's sure, showing, but it's yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. There's not like a yeah, no, that was yeah, because you don't have the multitude. Star. Yeah. Right, and as and and the volume, like those point guards, a couple years back, or more than a couple years back, like five or six years back, like they just came in like that, right? And drove Kyrie, yeah, Kyrie, Steph, yeah, um, all those guys, right? Yeah, you, even you can even take John Wall into the equation here, right? 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 I mean, right. all those guys, so many of those point guards. Now the mark has gone a little different. Like a lot of those guards in college are coming in as two guards. Well, and yeah. because the league is going smaller. Some of those two guards are actually playing a little bit of three. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, like I'm looking starting in 2014, in the lottery you had Exum at five, Smart at six, Peyton at ten. Levine isn't a point guard, but he was at 13. So like none right. of those guys really hit. Mm-hmm. The next year you had D'Angelo Russell, who the jury is yeah. still kind of out. Like right, he might just be a combo guard. You had Emmanuel Mudiay at seven. You had Devin Booker, who is not a point guard. You had Campaign, who's like broken his foot seventeen times. Yeah. Uh, twenty sixteen. You had Ben Simmons, who is who is a, yeah. a six, pseudo point guard at best. Right. A six ten point forward guard. Uh, Chris Dunn at five. Jamal Murray at seven. But Jamal came in as a two. Right. And really, still is a two. Yep. And then last year you had Markel, which, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lonzo, De'Aaron Fox, Dennis Smith. So last year was really the first year since 2014 where you had lottery point guards who really hit. I mean, you had like well, DeJunte Murray in San Antonio, but we just, yeah. you know, we don't know because he's out for the whole year now. And even, yeah, right. in 2013 even, it was like Trey Burke, MCW, <laughs> mm-hmm. Schroeder. Yeah, there haven't. You're right. I guess since since the Kyrie draft or since Lillard, I guess. Yeah, Lillard in 2012. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, the point guard position is actually becoming a little bit more of a need now. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at free agency next summer. I I don't think this includes guys. It doesn't include guys with player options. So maybe that widens the pool a mm-hmm. little bit. But it's like Kemba is obviously. Number one, if Kyrie stays put, then it's like Rubio, Lynn, Collison, Rajon Rondo, Corey Joseph, Pat Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, Alfred Payton, Moutier, Shelvin Mack, Roger, Isaiah Thomas, MCW, TJ McConnell, mm. Dinwiddie. I'm not. Yes, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm talking about. Like there isn't one of those guys who are able to carry a franchise, right? Yeah, or it, or at least be that B plus guy. Like if you had to put it into Tobias Harris context, 
Yeah. Oh, like it, there isn't that guy. Right. It's a bad, bad year to be in need of a point guard if you're hoping to get some at the free agency. Right. So you need to think outside the box. So you need to go look at wings who can handle the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need to compensate in some way. Like it doesn't even matter if Donovan Mitchell starts at the one. Right. If you then have a two and a three, then we're going to handle the ball because then, again, you know, positionless basketball in that sense. Right. It doesn't matter. You just need to figure out a way to get multiple ball handlers onto Utah, and you need to find a way to get a stretch four. Mm-hmm. That's really the priority. Ball handlers, stretch four. Get it done, Utah. We just solved the Utah Jazz. Yes, by just <laughs> telling them to do something that is incredibly hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, so thank you all, to, as always, for tuning in today. Reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. Thank you, Brian. You too. I <laughs> I love how we uh, are planning these podcasts and going, oh, we should just record a brief one and now we're at an hour and 20. Always. We'll, it's wonderful. We'll never, never, ever, ever be able to stay on time. <laughs> I feel so bad for people out there going, I just want a quick podcast. <laughs> like, here's an idea. Speed up us. I mean, you're yeah. probably speeding us up already, but like... Go 1.8. Yeah. 1.9 even. It's fine. I, I, you know, English is my second language, so I'm a slow speaker. Just spit it up. Perfect. It's fine. Yeah, there you go. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.